If you want to crush your quota, you're in the right place. My first year in sales, I sold $758,000 on a $150,000 quota, and that was just the beginning. I'm your host, Mary Grothy. I'm a former number one B2B mid-market SaaS sales rep turned CEO. I've sold millions in revenue, broken multiple records, and now I run a company that rebuilds revenue engines and creates top sales performance. This isn't a show about achieving quota. This isn't about being okay in sales. This is about being number one and learning what it takes to crush your quota. The joy of hearing feedback. It's not easy. I'm speaking from experience. I actually detested having feedback given to me for years. Let me break it down for you why I was so opposed to it. I hope it resonates with you. I'm going to share with you what I did to change <laughs> change my thought about feedback and how it's really transformed my life. This is the Quota Crusher podcast, not the Let's Be Mediocre in the Sales Profession podcast. Typically, top sales performers have a bit of ego from their success. And I come to you from that place, being a top performer, being a number one rep, like with style points, crushing, crushing the number, breaking records left and right. Early in my sales career, it was very hard for me. Who am I kidding? Okay. For like all of my sales, sales career, it was very hard for me for anyone to give me feedback. I was a winner. I was number one. What possibly could I learn from somebody who I used to view as lesser than me? They weren't the winner. I was the winner. What were they going to tell me that was going to make me better? I had a terrible, terrible viewpoint on listening to and accepting feedback. Finally, later in life, I was able to start to learn why I was so opposed to it and then attacking that and transforming into being more open to it. I grew up in an environment where everything I did was wrong. With an alcoholic mother, an abusive parents, the youngest of four children with a pretty big spread in age. By the time they got to me, man, I was extremely competitive. I wanted to be better than my siblings at everything, even though I was the baby of the family. I hated being the baby, the youngest one. I, for some reason, I don't know, I feel like we're all assigned roles with who you are in your family. It's it's weird. But I was the brunt of every joke. They used to call me names, and I hate saying this now because it's so not PC, but they used to call me the retarded one, which is just so terrible. And of course, that was like growing up in the 80s and 90s. So back then, like you could actually use that term and it didn't have that negative connotation that it has today quite at that level. But they used to call me that and they used to make me feel so stupid, even though I was a brilliant and talented child, but I never believed it because no one ever validated that. So I worked my tail off and I had straight A's 
And I excelled in the performing arts. That's what I did growing up. I was a dancer, actor, and singer. I took it very seriously. I also played piano. And I excelled in my studies because I had a complex because my belief systems were being formed around me that I was stupid and I couldn't do anything right. And so yielding the results I was yielding, but then believing through my parents and the way my family was communicating to me that even though I was getting those results, I was still dumb and I was still stupid. Well, that is a lot of head trash. And I got a complex then where I had to prove everybody wrong. Well, the problem was I created a belief system that nobody believed that I was smart, brilliant, or talented, or knew what I was doing, even though that wasn't the truth. That was how I was raised, and so I formed the belief that everyone felt that way about me, that the world felt that way about me. And so I overperformed. I overachieved in everything that I did, and I did it to the point of an addiction, of an obsession. Ultimately, I was only ever trying to prove to myself that I was worth something and of value. But because people giving me feedback and criticism throughout my life was always so negative and so bad and really mostly untrue, I learned to hate it and devalue it and find that it was unnecessary. And in my sales career, I made a lot of mistakes. And I wouldn't listen to my sales managers. I wouldn't listen to my peers. They tried to give me constructive feedback, but I had put all sorts of feedback, (laughs) good or bad. Well, not, well, I take that back. Praise and recognition, I could never get enough of. So positive feedback, I lived off of it. I mean, it fueled me. It's really what I achieved for was recognition, was to hear anybody say anything about me that was good. I was so addicted to that. That was also the pendulum swinging to the other way, outperforming everybody, but not to make money. I made a lot of money, but it wasn't for that. I just wanted to hear words out of anyone's mouth that I was worth anything because I didn't believe it on the inside. So I had to supplement, I guess, from everyone around me. But I lumped anything that was other than positive praise and recognition into this criticism feedback bucket. And it was like I was allergic to it. (laughs) I hated it. Didn't want to hear it, anything about it. One day, I started to let an influential manager of mine offer feedback. And I discredited it always. And I was extremely defensive. I'd give him an opportunity to, to share with me, but then I would just jump all over him defensively on why he was wrong. It's not good. (laughs) I looked at him and would say things like, when's the last time you ever sold this product or service? You can't tell me how to do this. And he gave me feedback like uh, constructive coaching, using phrases like, if you wave a magic wand, I'm like, hey, dude, (laughs) it's not 1985. Like people don't say that anymore. Unless you were a salesperson in 1985, which clearly you were. And I just didn't like it. So I didn't take it and I didn't listen to it. Well, unfortunately, there were a lot of really great nuggets embedded in that feedback, but I just lumped it all into a category of not for me, don't care. And that was a terrible way to go through my sales career. Was I successful? Sure, on paper. Was I a great human being throughout the process? No. 
I steamrolled my peers in competition. I had a potty mouth. I didn't care for people the way that I do today. I wasn't classy. I wasn't a lady. I was not who I am today. Let's just say that. I felt like I had to show up and be somebody that I wasn't, that I was always trying to prove that I was worth anything. And it it was super short-sighted. So later in my career, I started to listen to advice from coaches. I got a coach for the first time in 2017. I remember the first session we sat down and he was giving me some some coaching and I just came at him. I didn't even know this guy. <laughs> You're wrong. That's not how it is. That's not me. I walked away from that meeting feeling like, Mary, you can't do that. That was rude. This person's just trying to help you and you don't know everything. Why do you keep acting like you know everything? I came back, apologized. And that was the first step in a transformational journey for me to realize that I can still learn. I may have had success on paper, but that's not what this life is about. It's not just the numbers that you put up. It's not just the awards and recognition and the money in your bank account. There's so much more to life. You can do more for people by how you show up as a person in the world than how you perform. And it took me a long time to learn it, but I am so thankful that I've learned that and I'm still learning it. But in this journey, 2017, 2018, I was working with a coach who started to help me see and understand how I was showing up in the world and how my viewpoints and how I was filtering information was limiting me. And it was mind-blowing work. And I started to realize I'm holding myself back by not allowing a feedback loop in my life from people that care about me. If I'm this good today, how much better could I be if I took ounces and bits of wisdom from others that have walked a path before me? And I shifted my mindset to say, I'm going to be open to this. And it was a conscious, very difficult journey to start being okay with people giving me feedback. I learned first how to bite my tongue and not react. I chose to digest the information, to thank them for it, to process it, to work through it, to sleep on it before I had much of a response because I realized that when I was responding quickly or more so reacting, it was a knee-jerk reaction and it was actually coming from a place of protecting myself and it was covering up a fear or an insecurity and I truly wasn't listening. And I realized that in order for me to process, I had to spend time with it. And I started to do that, and it was a slow journey. But now I'm in a place, just a couple years later, where I embrace feedback, and I love it, and I want to hear it, and I want perspective. So I've shifted the thought of, they're not telling me how I could do something better. They're offering perspective and perspective is powerful because they have a different lens. They have a different frame of reference. They have a different knowledge set and know-how. They see the same situation differently. And how powerful would it be if I could immediately double or triple my brain power by tapping into someone else's and seeing something from a different perspective. Truly amazing breakthrough. 
And I encourage all of you, if you struggle with receiving feedback, I want you to tap deep down on the inside. Why? How does it make you feel? What's the fear or insecurity that surfaces when you get feedback? What are the stories that you're telling yourself? What's the emotional reaction that's occurring? And then I challenge you to start taking time to process before you respond. And it's simple. You could tell the person, it's probably a manager or a coach that's working with you. Say, I want to let you know I've struggled historically to accept feedback. I want to change that, but it's going to take me some time. So I'm going to ask for your grace on this. In our feedback sessions, if you can just make sure I'm mentally in a place like ready to receive, can we start conversations where feedback's going to be a part of it by saying, is this an okay time for us to enter into a conversation where I can offer some feedback or should we schedule it for a different time? When you're in a position to have give permission to say, I'm, I'm open, I'm willing, I'm, I'm listening, that's way different than somebody just like drive by slamming feedback in your face. doesn't feel good. So create the environment. To ask permission, say on this journey where I'm learning to accept feedback, I need time to process. Are you okay with me not having an immediate response to things that you share all the time? And giving me the space and time to process and then coming back to you in a much more tactful, professional response as or after I've had time to digest it. I'm sure they're going to say yes. They're probably going to be so proud of you that you're even walking down this path and embarking on this journey. But I I hope that's encouraging. Your world will open up to all new possibilities when you allow other people's imperfect perspective to come into your life. And I use the word imperfect because we're human beings. None of us are perfect. And we have to have a filter and discernment to know based on the information that's being given our way to take all the bits and pieces of information, lay it out on the table, look at all of it. Say, okay, this is useful. This is meaningful. I'm going to discard these couple of items here. You can also, though, when you get really good at accepting feedback and you know the person who's giving it to you, you can put yourself in their shoes and their frame of reference based on their experience and say, where do you think they were coming from on this based on their own personal experience? So then you can have, it's really cool. It's a very big psychological advantage to say, where do you think this came from with this person and why. Oh, it's so powerful. It just to have that lens. This is my encouragement to you. Start accepting, start embracing, and start seeking feedback. Thanks for tuning in to this episode of the Quota Crusher podcast. Did you like it? Be sure to give us a rating and share it with your friends. And don't forget to connect with me on LinkedIn, Twitter, and Instagram. Lastly, if your company needs a boost in revenue, like real revenue growth, send me a message and we'll discuss how our team builds revenue engines for our clients, covering all facets like marketing, sales, rev ops, and customer success. Until next time.